This episode is brought to you by Candlewick Press and The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea, a novel by Maggie Takuda Hall. In a world divided by colonialism and threaded with magic, a desperate orphan turned pirate and a rebellious imperial lady find a connection on the high seas. The pirate Florian, born Flora, has always done whatever it takes to survive, including sailing under false flag on the dove as a marauder, thief, and worse. Lady Evelyn Hasegawa, a high-born imperial daughter, is on board as well, accompanied by her own casket. But Evelyn's one-way voyage to an arranged marriage in the floating islands is interrupted when the captain and the crew show their true colors and enslave their wealthy passengers. Both Florian and Evelyn have lived their lives by the rules and whims of others, but when they fall in love, they decide to take fate into their own hands, no matter the cost. Learn more about the world of this book in a previous episode of the Mermaid Podcast. You may find The Mermaid, The Witch, and The Sea wherever books are sold or at Candlewick.com. It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on the Mermaid Podcast. Hello, you're listening to the Mermaid Podcast, and I'm your host, Laura Von Holt, the fairy boss mother. Hi, mer friends. Today, I'm sharing an interview with mermaid Shay Monique, whom you met in our previous episode about merfolk for black lives. Mermaid Shay Monique is a professional mermaid, a DC burlesque dancer, and the founder of the plus-size apparel company, Society of Fat Mermaids. In short, she's amazing, and I think you'll definitely feel your inner merbabe glow during our conversation. We recorded this interview in late March of 2020, which feels like a different era, even just a few months later. But no matter what's happening in the world, living a wholehearted life is always in style. Before we get to the interview, though, I'd like to introduce you to one of my fellow podcasters from the Frolic Podcast Network. Please meet my imaginary friends with L. Penelope. Hi, I'm Elle Penelope, and I'm an author of epic fantasy and paranormal romance, and also the host of My Imaginary Friends, which is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. On my show, you'll get a weekly look behind the scenes of an author navigating the publishing world, as well as thoughts and tips on creativity, inspiration, writing routines, and more. So if you're an established or an aspiring writer, or a reader who always wanted a peek into an author's life, you can find me at myimaginaryfriendsshow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. <laughs> Hello, I am Shay Monique. I'm mermaid as Mermaid Shay Monique. Um, and I am the founder and owner of Society of Fat Mermaids, which is both a community of, well, mermaids in general, but that centers fat and plus size mermaids and also... Uh, clothing line. Beautiful. Featuring... I'm, oh, sorry, I cut you off. I, oh, I was just saying line. a clothing line with uh, size-inclusive uh, mermaid-themed apparel. I just got excited about the clothing and then I <laughs> jumped in there. Happen. <laughs> doing good um so i was very excited that we connected um because i'd seen some of some of your clothing line and then i like did a deep dive on your instagram and was like yes this is very beautiful we need to connect um <laughs> uh, but i like to start you have a you have a lot of things i want to talk about but i always like to start with how people got into their their mermaid life how they came to it so can you tell us a little bit of your backstory and your and your journey into becoming the mermaid you are today Okay, 
So I, like I think many of us, fell in love with mermaids as a little kid watching The Little Mermaid. And totally, my summer times as a child, we would be at the pool like 10 hours a day. It was just, like my mom would just drop us off. It was before, like, you had to be a helicopter parent. I feel like now people are obligated to, like, be helicopter parents. But I remember we'd, like, ride our bikes to the pool, my brother and I, and we'd stay there so long that my mom would, like, drive and pick us up. So it's like, ride your bike, you're fine. But then it's like, okay, you've been in the pool for 10 hours. You don't know this, but you're exhausted. I'll I'll drive and get you. And so I remember, you know, swimming with my legs together with my friends and pretending I was a mermaid and just really, you know, wishing to be a mermaid. Then uh, in my 20s, I started doing burlesque. And the burlesque troupe that I am still part of is uh, the DC Girly Show. And the DC Girly Show is the nation's longest continuously running queer burlesque troupe. And um, they, therefore, were in the Capitol Pride Parade many years. And I believe it was like 2010 or 2011, the parade theme was What's Your Fantasy? And without, like, missing a beat, it was like, my fantasy is to be a mermaid. And so I made, like, a walking mermaid costume to be in the parade. And it was it was that, that same, you've got, like, just to like wear it for myself and also like people's response to it was just like this this is it and this is what I've always wanted and I don't know if it was before that or after that but I definitely started looking up mermaid tales but it was before the like abundance of fabric tales so it was in the time where it was like it was probably mertailer that I found and it was like oh this tale costs three months rent at the time for like 20 year old me or whatever and um I was like, well, that's a nice dream, but I like fleshed out the whole dream. Like, I wanted to show up to like kids' parties and like pick up trucks with like a kiddie pool in the back because the whole deal was like that I always had to be wet. So, like, I didn't want them to ever see me dry. And when I was doing my gig, like, I'd be like partially in the pool and having the kids spray me down. I was like, oh, but it was like just that as like a dream. And then a couple years ago, I don't even know really where it came from, but I got the idea for Society of Fat Mermaids. And really, I do know that part of it was that I, like, had stumbled across a class on, like, t-shirt making. Um, And I was like, you know, I want to do a size-inclusive t-shirt line that features fat mermaids. Because I grew up with a mother who, like, even though I love the Little Mermaid, like, I never got to wear, like, Little Mermaid stuff because it didn't look like me. And it was really important to my mom not to... Like, it was a weird balance because, like, you're in the larger culture, but, like, I didn't get a lot of, like, white dolls, which also, but that then meant I didn't get, like, a lot of princesses. You know what I mean? So even though I had, like, a million black dolls and, like, all the black Barbies, there just weren't that many, like, black princesses. So I didn't have that. And I'm like, but we sit in a world where, like, it's perfectly normal for someone who looks like Ariel, or for someone who looks like me to wear Ariel t-shirt, nobody would think that was strange. But if someone looked like an Ariel and wore, like, a t-shirt with the mermaid that looked like me that would be very like radical and kind of like breaking a whole bunch of different ideas we have about things and I like breaking ideas we have about things and so I was like welcome to my club (laughs) (laughs) yes yes we're gonna do this and I don't even know why like I knew even though I started with the clothes I knew it needed to be a community Mm -hmm. um And so from there, I started mermaiding, I thought, just as a hobby, Mm -hmm. um, mostly just because I wanted to be a part of the community. Like, I didn't want to be, like, someone who just showed up to vend at events, like, Mm -hmm. just to kind of be a part of the community and, like, kind of get my pulse in the community. And I stumbled into Metro Merfolk and their 
amazing and supportive. And also some of my photographs went like not hugely viral, but somewhat viral. And so that kind of changed the trajectory of things. Cause I'm like, you got to give the people what they want. And apparently they want me. So got to give the people me. And so that's kind of how I got started. I love it. So I love this. I mean, I, one, one thing that I love is a lot of people have the same origin story of loving the little mermaid and swimming in a pool. And like, like I, I love that there's this common thread that connects a lot of people to mermaids that like, it begins as like, um, like an intuitive, imaginative thing of like, I love this creature. I love this feeling. Um, and I love that you came at it through burlesque and like body positivity. Um, that's, that's because I love, I love burlesque for how, how inclusive it can be and how expressive and how, how much it breaks down barriers, um, which seems like a natural fit to be like if I can like wiggle around on stage I can obviously wear a mermaid tail like that's right because right. <laughs> like, not a yeah. leap <laughs> yeah, no not, not at all leap. the tail is yeah quite <laughs> exactly um, I also would imagine that you I know burlesque costumes you have to do a lot of self-modification and self-making so you're probably already a little bit used to the crafting of like mermaid wear and all which a little bit ish, ish yeah a little bit a little bit um, but this, the idea of creating a community around the Society of Fat Mermaids is, um, I, I really, really appreciate that because I think one of the other things that I love about mermaids and how they bring people together is that mermaids swim in a pod and, and so there's right. always like a natural community around them. Like people are like, ah, oh, you're one of me, <laughs> you know, like right, right. we too are <laughs> like, I too am into this thing. Um, so that's awesome. So you know, I would love to hear about, like, what it's like to be in the Society of Fat Mermaids, like, how that community relates to each other, um, and, like, kind of what your hopes are for it. So, it's very new, and, um, as you know, but I don't know when this is gonna, like, exist on, like, go live. It's yeah. currently, like, corona quarantine time. It'll still and be so corona I have... quarantine time, I think, when this goes live. Or we'll be living um, in a whole new world. <laughs> I know. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> But so I'm definitely, you know, on the list of entrepreneurs who are like, okay, this is the time where like your day job just quit you. So really, really lean in. And so I feel like last week you're in New York. So it hit you guys Mm -hmm. first and hard. Well, not, but really, really hard. But last week was when it kind of like really got serious for us. I'm right outside of DC and it was like, I was in shock. Um, I didn't officially until like a couple days ago. I'm a, I, my day job is a massage therapist. Um, I didn't officially lose my day job, but you know, client numbers were dwindling and I just hit this point where like, I felt like I couldn't ethically like keep going to work. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, I'm going to miss this money, but like, no, like people need to stay home and I need to do my part. And if doing my part involves just sitting on my butt like I can handle this like I don't have to like be a Rosie the Riveter I just have to go home and watch Netflix (laughs) and listen to mermaid podcasts I can do my part (laughs) right you know you were made of this (laughs) (laughs) like yes I will miss this money but also it's going to be okay but then you know a couple days like I think the day after I made that decision, then uh, my husband works as a chef in D.C. The mayor closed the restaurants. And so then he lost his job. And so last week we were in shock and I did. uh, It was already scheduled. I had a couple digital like hangouts and meetings and things and classes that were already scheduled. And so I had a um, course that I took, like a training that I had scheduled with K.M. Robinson, who was teaching social media marketing 
at Mermagicon, but we were both so busy that like I couldn't make her class. And so I kind of scheduled a private consult with her and like we had all these ambitious things because it was like Tuesday and the world just ended. And then last week I looked and it was like, okay, we're just kind of letting this sink in. But now it's like, okay, it's Monday again. It's a Tuesday. It's Tuesday now. Okay. Time doesn't really matter when you're it's in a, quarantine, but yeah, it's, it's been a week. So weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's been yeah. a week and it's like, okay, let's, let's start making those ambitious things happen. So I'm yeah. kind of excited to have this time and start like building more community around Society of Fat Mermaids. So we have a Facebook group. Okay. I feel like our Instagram community is the most vibrant right now. I've been a kind of neglectful Facebook group. Uh, manager, administrator. Um, but I, my hope is that Society of Fat Mermaids is a space that um, people can kind of just like digitally hang out. Like it's kind of like we get to be the cool kids. Like I feel like the people who are drawn to us are people who like when we were growing up, whether it's because we were fat or just like a little too like nerdy, like just didn't quite fit in. And it's like, this is our own lunch table and we're all like, welcome and it's also a space for people to support each other so a lot of people you know come and get advice about you know like where can I get a tail that fits me and what one thing that's interesting and I'm really happy I got to talk to a lot of tail makers during Magicon is like a lot of the tails do fit but like the way they like write their sizing it doesn't look like it you know mm-hmm. like I can wear an extra large fin fun even though I wear a 3x so it's not even that the size I mean, it would be nice if they had an even larger size, but, like, the sizes are more generous than most of us realize, but because the tails are so stretchy, but, like, when you see XL, like, I'm not going to, if someone hadn't told me, oh, girl, try this on, you can fit it, like, I wouldn't try on an extra large anything because I wasn't, wouldn't be trying to get my feelings hurt. Because an XL shirt is usually, like, one way versus, like, a 3X shirt, which is totally different. Right. But the tail fabrics are, yeah. That's interesting. That's a, yeah. One of the things I really want to do this spring is to just kind of get data from everybody. Like, what pant size do you wear? What are your measurements if you know them or are willing to do them? And what size tails can you fit so that we have, like, a comprehensive, like, in this tail maker, you might be a large. In this tail maker, you might be an extra large. In this tail maker, you're actually a medium, you know, because that's kind of how strange the sizes work. So, like, I just want Society of Fat Mermaids to be, like, a resource for people getting into mermaiding, but I also just want it to be just, like, a fun place. And, like, you don't have to be a mermaid in a tail. Like, if the word mermaid you feel like describes you in any way, whether you're just, like, one of those, like, salty hair, don't care type people or whatever, like, it's just a place to kind of come sit at the cool kid table because we deserve it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So um, the artwork that's on the shirts, um, who does the artwork? Um, I work with different artists. So the original, like we've got like kind of our seven signature sirens, Mm -hmm. um, a good friend of mine, I commissioned the original artwork for those from her. Um, and then other things, I'll just kind of like get ideas and like pitch it to different graphic designers and artists. I know that's cool. And then you had to like go through the whole process of like establishing, like getting them made and printed and like sold online and everything so how was that did you have an experience in that kind of like e-commerce retail environment or did you just wing it not really but like i uh said i had randomly stumbled into like e-commerce training um and i'm a naturally curious person and so took like a course on like selling t-shirts online and i was like i like this concept yeah um and there's things you can do with this concept 
Um, and so then it was like, and how can I make this concept work? You know, and so it's like our shirts, you know, I do have to do it manually. So sometimes there's an error because there's human error. But, you know, we don't charge extra for different sizes. Um, and so, you know, that's like an automatic thing. But like I do like the system kind of wants to, you know, the wholesaler will charge me more for an 2X and it'll charge me even more for a 5X. And it's like, no, that's not okay. Like, yeah. but so I have to kind of manually change it because the computer automatically will like predict like okay. my pricing. Um, so I always say like, everything's, you know, the same price. However, email me if there's an error because it is a manual adjustment. Yeah. Um, but I saw within that model, like a lot of opportunity. And so I'm really excited now um, in, at the beginning of the year, we lowered the prices of just like our kind of basic t-shirt to $15 to be like the home of the like $15 six X shirt. So whether you buy that shirt in a small or a six X it's, or anywhere in between just our standard basic t-shirts are $15 across the board because I just want things to be accessible. Um, especially cute stuff. Like it's really hard to find like cute, um, feminine fun stuff once you start getting past a certain size range yeah that's really cool because that's um i think people if they don't if they haven't had this experience shopping they don't know that like when you get out of what i think is called the straight sizes they do charge more money for things because they say it's more fabric or something and then it's just a, it's just a wild inequity um right and so i think it's really cool that you're that you're dedicated to keeping it to like a same like an equitable price across the size range yeah 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 um, it's funny, I have a friend, a burlesque performer, Gordita Maricona. She is um, a burlesque performer based in Richmond, and she does the opposite. So her smaller sizes cost more. Ah! So that's her way of getting back. And I'm like, I don't want revenge. I just yeah. want equity. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but uh, it's funny. That's amazing. Um, I, I also, every time you say one of your burlesque friends' names, I, I, I do this little shimmy because I'm like, they all have great names. <laughs> like, oh, is Shamanique your your burlesque name or did you have a different name? So my very first burlesque name oh. was Zoe Tahari. Um, Zoe, my mom wanted to name me Zoe. And it's funny because Zoe became a popular name for people who are like, maybe like seven ish years younger than me or so. Oh. Like, so my mom was like ahead of the curve with that. And everybody was like, no, absolutely not. Like they like did not like the name for whatever reason. And I think it's a really cute name. And so I was like Zoe, and then like the very first pair of shoes I performed in was like the Tahari brand. So oh, it was like, okay, Zoe Tahari it is. And then I don't know when, I think I just hit this point where I was tired of like compartmentalizing my life in a certain way. Um, I was like working as a massage therapist and also as a nanny, mm -hmm. and I came up in the like belly dance community, and there were all these like spaces where like I definitely had to keep belly dance and burlesque separate because belly dance works really hard to not be seen as sexual mm -hmm. because of like how it has how it was introduced in america yeah um, and it's got a it's then, got a cultural background that's different than burlesque right. so yeah right yeah and because it was kind of it came into america in this kind of weird way through like kind of the fetishization mm -hmm. and like exotization is that a word sure yes um <laughs> sure right of you know other cultures like then as people kind of decided like no we're taking control of belly dance like they kind of made a point of being like this has this you know history and this culture and it's not sexual at all well it is it's very sensual but like I needed to keep like the fact that I was kind of like doing burlesque from my belly dance people and then 
I was a nanny and it was like, well, maybe they don't want to know about any of that. And then I'm a massage therapist, which is another space where you're very like intimate with people, but it's very much not sexual. Right. It's a wellness thing. This is not a sexual thing. Yes. Right. And so like, I always just felt like wherever I was, I was like hiding pieces of myself. And then I don't know, I hit this point where it's just like, this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get that. I get that. I feel like, um, I had a similar thing when I first like was in New York, I, I have a theater background and I started, um, people thought I was in burlesque because the burlesque movement in New York was really popping at that time, but I wasn't, I want to be very clear. I was like, I respect the burlesque people and I, I'm, I'm not doing it. So don't give me the credit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Um, but I was, had a big pinup background where I was walking around in a bathing suit and a trench coat and like throwing off a trench coat in Times Square and taking photos in front of like oh. landmarks. And then I make these <laughs> pinup calendars and call myself like a gorilla pinup artist. So I, but I was Von Hottie. And so then I had like a whole persona for it. And then when I started doing like more creativity coaching and podcasting and stuff I was like and I was like oh I'll use my real name and then I was like what's my identity yes <laughs> yes <laughs> so I like two yes. I had two different Instagram accounts and I was just like oh and some of my online handles are Von Hottie and some of them are Laura Von Holt and it's like but at some point you're kind of like whatever guys yeah here I am I'm a podcaster and an entrepreneur and yes I used to walk on my bathing suit <laughs> it's like, no. I know yes. <laughs> no scandalous I'm also a mermaid <laughs> um but i think that's uh that's just that's cool though that um that you have found like an integration between the things that you're gonna that you're gonna do and they all are related i mean um the way you're the way you're talking i i was i had a brief thought about this before we started speaking but now the way i'm hearing you talk is um there's something i think a kind of beautiful theme running through like the way you um like celebrate bodies um like in all of your work like the way like you know massage like it, it like heals and and like and you know kind of like yeah just heals the body and like burlesque is like a celeb like a cheeky ironic celebration of like of everyone's like uh, it's a, like an embrace of like everyone's body and a celebration of it i also love the humor in burlesque too there's always so yeah. much humor so much playfulness um and then mermaiding is like is like a a different a different totally different body you have like half right, tail right. half human and it's like here's also like the representation of my mythical body um, right right and then you have clothing that is like brings an equity to everyone's body like it's it's all it's all cute it's all mermaid it's all it's all beautiful and it's all welcome um so that's that i can see why you would just stick with one name because that is kind of a beautiful integration um of how much actual body work that you do besides like the physical manipulation there you go. I just gave you a mission in life. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, but it all ties together. I kind of had that thought. And now, now hearing you talk about the massage, that was the piece that I didn't know. Um, <laughs> um, so, can you tell me, just because I I'm in New York, but I haven't gotten to hang out with the New York mermaid community very much, so I'm really curious to hear about Metro Merfolk um, and like what it's like to hang out with, with people and how you guys hang out and. Um, just what's that like to have that community? Even though we all can't see each other right now during this pandemic, what's it usually like with your merfolk? Right. Yeah. Uh, Metro is awesome. I believe, like, I don't want to, like, misquote anything, but I think it may be at least, like, online one of the bigger pods. Or I think it may be, like, the biggest pod in, like, the nation. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I think there's, like, I don't know. There's hundreds of people in the Facebook group. Now, what does that actually mean? It means that there's meetups about twice a month, like bigger meetups that I would say one of them you usually get about 35 people at and one of them you usually get about mm-hmm. 20 at. So we, um, 
started, well, it's cool. I joined Metro at the perfect time, which is like when it was like a year, year and a half in. So it was new. And I feel like five years. I joined Metro, I guess in 2018. Um, and it was like established enough, but still new. So mm-hmm. like five years from now, people be like, Shay's always been here. Yeah. But like, I wasn't there for like the actual like grunt work phase. Got you know it. what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got lucky in that. Um, but so when I joined Metro, we had big meetups at the Freedom Aquatic Center, which was in Manassas, Virginia, which if you live close to Manassas is great. And if you live far from Manassas, it's far. So like I live in Virginia, I live in Northern Virginia. Manassas is an hour from me. Okay. Um, And we just got kind of two new pools. And now there's a Virginia meetup once a month and a Maryland meetup once a month. The Maryland one is, I believe, in Laurel at a place called Fairlands Aquatic Center. And the Virginia one is in Alexandria at a place called Chinkapin. And I live in Alexandria. And Chinkapin is less than 20 minutes from my house. It's awesome. (laughs) The county I live in, which is huge, has a countywide tail band. Um, Oh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's Fairfax County. And Fairfax County is just geographically very big. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those places, like I grew up here in Fairfax County. So it was one of those places where like you could get a snow day and your part of the county might not have any snow, but it's because the kids on the other side of the county had like a ton of snow that you'd get a snow day. It's just geographically very large. And so it's awkward that like Fairfax County has this massive tail fan. Um, But Metro has a really, really awesome, very loving, very supportive online community. You can go online on Metro and be like, hey, I was thinking about blah, blah, blah. What do you think about the Fantasy 3? And somebody might be like, oh, I'll just bring mine to the meetup next week. You can try it on. Like people are very like just generous and supportive in that way. And then there's the big organized meetups, but also it's a place where like you can, you know, maybe you live closer to Manassas and you're like, hey, I'm going swimming at Freedom tomorrow at 2. Because it's a couple hundred people, even though it's Tuesday, you might find like just three or four people or even two or three people working from home who are like, you know what? Lunch break at the pool. You know, cool. okay. Um, and so there's like both structure and like enough setup that people can kind of informally do their smaller things. And um, and so you like meet. I'm just because some people might not have a pod or anything in their area. So you meet up and everyone puts on their tails, mm-hmm. and then you just like hang out and swim together for a few hours. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. And is there a moment where you guys like look at each other and you're like one, two, three, and then you all put on your tail, or do you just like casually so, get into it? <laughs> you know, mermaids run on mermaid time. Okay. Cool, I figured. And then um, as a massage therapist, like, I often am, like, working right before a meetup. Yeah. But what we do do is kind of towards the middle. Uh, we have this awesome photographer uh, who comes to almost all of the meetups named Mike Wasaki. And so uh, usually towards the middle of the meetup, like, once the stragglers, which is usually me, have made it in, uh, we'll get everybody up on the side of the pool and try to take a big group picture on the pool wall and then oh. everybody jumps in and we try to take a big group picture underwater too. Oh, cool. Um, but it's not the beginning. It's like during the, during the middle. Okay. Um, Cause again, mermaid time. Yeah. And um, often someone will bring like hoops so you can do like swim through hoops or like things like that. And it kind of just depends. Um, and it depends on who's there. Uh, the like Metro Merfolk founder, Colleen, she's like really into tricks. And, like, really intense stuff. So, like, if Colleen's around, like, there's also someone named Sadie who's, like, really into tricks. Like, Colleen and Sadie, they're, like, kind of drill sergeants. It's like, okay, everybody go through these hoops. Or, like, 
Sadie's always trying to come up with the most visually appealing tricks ever. So it'll be like, we're going to weave in and around each other while we're swimming and like, okay, let's just do it. And so kind of the vibe of the meetup depends on who's there and like what's going on. And you kind of just choose. And like, then with like, if it's a bigger meetup, if it's like 30 folks, you can kind of choose like, do I want to be involved in trying to figure out how to do a six mermaid circle with three mermaids swimming through or do you just want to like hang on the side and gossip because I'm a chatty fish. So I do a lot of hang on the side and gossip. <laughs> that, uh, that's, so, no, that's, that's awesome. It makes me so jealous because um, I'm thinking like New York city pools are just not, they're crowded. They're only open some parts of the year. There's not like, I don't have a car, so I can't, you know, drive anywhere. But when you go to these aquatic centers, do you have to like pay when you get there to like, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're usually, I don't know, between like 10 and 15 bucks, okay. depending on like if you live in the county or whatnot. Okay. Um, yeah. And then this year we were able to have one big outdoor meetup, which was cool. Um, yeah. Where? And it was in Alexandria, okay. like the old town Alexandria community pool. Okay. And that one's also cool because that particular one is metro accessible. It's really close to the metro. Okay. Um, most of them are a little farther away and harder to get to. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. We're so well, like Metro is like the most welcoming environment I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And uh, somewhere between Penn Station and Amtrak and whatever, come swim with us. If the pools are open this summer. Oh my gosh. And if they fingers. don't open this summer. I don't know. What when we do. Winter because we swim indoors. So yeah. like whenever the pools finally open, you don't we'll need do a car. It. Just hop on a train and come hang out with I'm us. I'm just thinking I have a very good friend who lives in Arlington. And I, when we, when we can visit again, I'm definitely going to plan it around a Metro Merfolk thing and be like, she, she's my friend who's, she's an, she's got a PhD and she's an economist for the opposite. So, but she would totally be like, I like, I gotta go for a second and some with some mermaids. She'd be like, do your thing. Drag her with you. <laughs> she might, she Rentals? Oh no, she won't want to swim. She'll want to stare at me and take some photos and then okay. go hide. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. just remember they have tail rentals. So, okay. You know, she I may change her, her mind. She, uh. She's seen me in my tail. She's always like, that's your thing. I'm pr- proud of you. <laughs> I want no part of I want no part of this, but I know you like it. <laughs> like, but you know, that's I a good that. friend. That's a good yeah, friend. I definitely have a friend like that. It's so funny. Yeah. Because she'll, like, send me things to be supportive. Yes. But, like, I don't, like, especially, like, my burlesque stuff. Like, I never invite her because I know she won't come. Like, yeah. she's not into it, but she's incredibly, like, just supportive of me in general. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love it. So this, uh, I think this is a natural segue into, I would love to hear about Mermagicon. I haven't been. I was stalking all the photos. I was, like, very, I was very jealous and curious. Um, I would love for you to tell people what it's like to be at a mermaid convention and also your role in it. Okay. So, um, Mermagicon is the only mermaid convention I have been to. I went last year, the initial year, and I went this year. Um, and what it's like is just, it's magical. It's a little overwhelming. You're going to be exhausted. Bring snacks. I was just watching uh, Nerd Made Faith's review of it, and she was like, if I have any feedback, bring snacks. And Faith had a fanny pack full of cliff bars. That is a smart thing to do. Great. Uh, it is so delightfully overwhelming so uh on friday there's some sort of like informal mixer hangout and then this year was cool because the um aqua performance group ended up sponsoring it but like and i it was kind of late into i don't know it was at least february when the announcement was made that aqua performance group came on as a sponsor Mm -hmm. but all throughout the weekend like we found out that they sponsored things so last year there was just a casual like hangout at the like hotel bar 
this year at some point it's like and drinks and food are on APG and it was like exactly it was like yes <laughs> um last year a lot of people ended up hanging out in like the really like kind of like sad little hotel pool that's just like every sad little hotel pool it's not a shade to that pool and it was fun this year there weren't as many people in the hotel pool which was also cool though because like the people who used it kind of had it to themselves but there was like a kind of just like whenever you got to the hotel at any point I would say between like three and midnight people were just kind of slowly trickling in and just like hanging out and completely overwhelming this kind of small hotel um and just chilling and just like meeting and you're just kind of walking around uh they had like a little like bingo you know where it's like find someone with more than three tails find someone who's written a mermaid book or whatever and you're just kind of as an icebreaker which i thought was really cute um and i wish people would do it more intently because it got to the point where like it was kind of like middle school where it's like oh do you have three tails can you sign this and it's like the point of this is to like have the conversation not just yeah. to like win the bingo right. um but nonetheless like I thought it was cool that they added that element of the bingo and um you're just kind of like so many people you know from like Instagram or you know from Facebook and you're just kind of walking around putting the face to the name I will say if you go and you're overwhelmed and you don't know anybody just like pick a person and find that person and be like can I hang out with you um, which I definitely had someone who um, is in Metro Merfolk um, ask me that. And I was like, yeah, come on. Like, and I mean, I do know her and we swam together. Um, but it was like, yeah, like, let's, let's do this mixer together. And I um, have a, a lot of very public facing roles, uh, but I'm naturally very shy. So I gave myself a lot of coaching going into Mermagicon that I was going to be like a social butterfly and I was going to meet the people and I was going to say hi and I wasn't going to be shy. And that was kind of like my own personal pep talk. But like, do that. Everybody is so nice and so loving and so welcoming. So Friday is just like, oh my gosh, mermaids. And like, people will like informally do things and it's cool. And I really appreciate that like, the organizers don't really take control over Friday too much. And so um, I believe it was like, Helena the mermaid said onesie party Friday night and then like on just on their Facebook group and then like 50 other people were like yes okay. and so you know it's you go to this mixer where some people are in like cocktail attire some people are literally in onesies and then some people are in just all their favorite mermaid stuff and then some people are just in sweats because they just got off the road because they drove in from wherever or they just got off a plane and it's like all okay yeah. and that's another thing that was fun and then Saturday and Sunday, there's classes all day. There's okay. both classes in the water and on land, um, panel discussions. Um, so there was like a merman panel, like a diversity and mermaiding panel, um, an eco mermaiding panel. Um, and then there's like wet classes, like free diving classes. Okay. And uh, there were two underwater photographers there this year, Melanie Canatella, who's local. Um, and then Brett Stanley came in from California um, and it was cool because they're also photographers at like two different price points. Um, so you can kind of like pick like how, how much money do I want to spend on my photos? And do they do these photos out of the water or did you guys get some underwater time as well? So Melanie and Brett only did underwater photos oh, okay. and then they had a uh, fight guy. I think it's fight guy. I, it's either fight or flight. And I feel really bad oh, because okay. I know them, okay. uh, but I think it's, either flight or fight guy uh -huh. photography was doing land photos. Okay. Um, but Melanie and Brett were doing underwater photography. And so uh, they, you could book a photo shoot and then there were levels of classes, whether, and so some of the classes were included and then like 
Sirena, the Singapore mermaid, like her class, you would pay extra for. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like a two hour, like advanced mermaiding course kind of mm-hmm. for like more performer type people. Yeah. But like uh, Marielle with like Aqua Mermaid was teaching mermaid tricks. And that was like, I believe included, you had to like get a ticket, but it was like included. But there were also and then there's like introductory classes for kids. And like, uh, I think there was a water safety class. So okay. just a ton of wet and dry classes. And then you had bending um, a really magical vendor hall that I did mm-hmm. not get to experience enough of. Uh-huh. Um, and then Saturday night, there's a gala. Ooh. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 Which, uh, yeah, everybody just kind of, this year it was like a lot of just formal wear with like a mermaid vibe, like mermaid twist. Yeah. So like maybe like you know, enhancing a gown with like mythic scales or yeah. something like that. Last year, there were more kind of, uh, I don't know, more costumey type okay. ensembles, but um, every, like, there's definitely, I saw somebody change their clothes like four times. Um, and lots of people change their clothes at least once. And, and during the uh, gala? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> but it's in the hotel. So if you're staying oh, in the hotel, yeah. like you just like yeah. run upstairs and like change. Oh, wait. Um, so were the underwater classes in the sad hotel pool or in the... In no, the no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So the main events happen at the Freedom Aquatic Center, okay. which is massive. And it's like, I don't know how long it is, but it's very big. And okay. so the like underwater photography was happening in the dive well. Okay. And then classes would be blocked off to certain lanes, depending yeah. on like what type of class. So like... Free diving, you just need to lay there and float, so that might be in four feet of water. But yeah. like the like Singapore mermaid class was probably in like six feet of water, and then um, the photography's in like the thirteen feet deep section. Okay, so cool. yeah, just okay. depending on the class. Um, yeah, no, no classes in the hotel. Yeah, I was like, wait a second, that sounds okay. Okay, yeah. Um, okay. But Melanie did offer shallow water photography on Sunday, which was cool. Um, you know, because for some people, like. Some people, this was their, like, first underwater photo mm-hmm. shoot. It might have been their first time in a tail. Yeah. Um, and that's what's nice about Mermagicon. Like, I haven't been to any other con, but, like, Mermagicon is definitely a place where, like, you can just, like, you can, it can be your first time in a tail, and it's mm-hmm. okay. Um, and so she also did a shallow water shoot option on Sunday for, you know, okay. people who'd be more comfortable in, like, I don't remember how deep it is. But we're just going to say in six feet than they would in 13. Okay. Um, Okay. So that was that's cool good. Too. There's a range. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. No, that sounds really fun. So, um, I, I also like that it's a mix of like, there's a gala, but also you can take like practical classes if you want to get better at like moving or performing or mm-hmm. water safety or something. Uh, but then you're also just meeting people who like to mermaid, which I, I would love your thoughts on this. It's me. It's so interesting. Um, I think I exist in two different worlds because I'm a writer, so I'm plugged into, like, some of the, like, fantasy and, like, writing world of mermaids and also just, like, the, like, theoretical side of it and the folklore side. And then, like, but the, but people who, like, congregate and are into, like, mermaiding as a sport or, like, an activity is, like, a whole other community. Right. Um, And I'm always, like, one thing I love about the mermaiding community is, like, how they interpret, like, mythical mermaids and what, like, they have so many creative ideas about, like, this is what they would wear, this is how they look, like, this is how it is. Um, But do you see any, like, like, where do people get their ideas? Like, are they looking at, like, old mermaid stories? Are they just kind of like, this is what I feel like wearing, this is how I, how I express it? I think it's all of the above. I think it just kind of depends on, like, how you got into it and, like, what type of, like, 
like what type of nerd you are right <laughs> okay perfect. So, like, yeah when I was in college I wrote my like senior thesis on belly dancing and that's kind of what it came down to too was like you know excuse me <clears throat> if you're really into history and culture that's going to largely inform how you belly dance mm-hmm. but if you're really into costuming that's going to largely inform how you belly dance now if you're really into both you know that'll take you in a whole different direction yeah. and I feel like it's the same thing for mermaids um I am super excited this year to dig more into like finding like a lot of, and I was really excited when you had your, I think it might've been one of your last episodes on like the Caribbean um, mermaid Mm -hmm. folklore. Cause it's like, I want to find more of like the African and Caribbean mermaid, like history and stories because it's something that like, I know it's there. Yeah. Um, I just need to like find it, but it's like a little like hidden plain sight. But some people are very, very into it. And like my friend Colleen, she's like, Colleen, the Celtic siren, like, and she's a selkie and like mm-hmm. all of that mythology is very informative mm-hmm. to her persona and, or at least it initially was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I feel like I remember her going through this phase where she was getting this like kind of green, like Irish tail with mm-hmm. like this Celtic stuff on it. And then she's like, but I like rainbows, you know? And so I think that's a thing that a lot of people do. There's like a history you might be drawn to. And then there's like, but wait, but actually I want a rainbow tail. I like rainbows. I'm a rainbow mermaid, you know, (laughs) or whatever it is. So I think there's like equal parts of both. And I think it just kind of depends on like what you're drawn to. I kind of just like fell in and like, I want to learn more of the history and I want to weave it together. Like I have a story I want to write about like the fictional history of how I came to be Um, that I'm really jazzed about, but I need to do like a lot of research to like get it together. Um, Because, and for me, that's without a lot of the, the mermaid folklore, but just with like, kind of just like black American history Mm -hmm. stuff. Like uh, part of the reason a lot of like black people statistically can't swim is because we were like not allowed to swim because Mm -hmm. that's a way to run away from slavery. And so, but you put that, like if I can't swim, then my kids can't swim. And then, you know, not really a couple hundred years later. It's like a little or, over a hundred years or later. Or even decades. Like, There's people like swimming. A lot of people, a lot of black people can't swim still. Like it's still right, a right. thing. But like, yeah, because yeah. it's like, that's only a couple generations removed. Yeah. And so like, I, I want my people to have been people who were merfolk, yeah. you know, and were, you know, beaten or otherwise punished for this ability mm-hmm. and so forgot they had it like that's kind of the story I'm going with I love it. and um but like I need to do you know a lot more research around like the Afro-Caribbean mythology and mm-hmm. like how did these mermaids travel you know the transatlantic yeah. uh route um I would I would look to like folklore and artwork there because I've also I was looking for experts to speak on different mythology because I was like there's so much like UK British Celtic out there because there's a lot of like written stuff about it but like other I mean also just because of like the way like the world the patriarchy and white supremacy work there's more stuff about white mermaids but I was looking for like world mythology and um so if you're looking for inspiration I I found that like artwork um and looking at folk art from those countries has a lot more than like a written story um yeah but also um i was just thinking too about the pools and what you're saying about like wanting to wear a t-shirt of a mermaid that looks like you as i was like oh yeah pools were segregated like not that long ago um right 
Yeah. So it's like a beautiful that now there's a time that you can like go to a pool and just hang out and wear your t-shirt and your tail and everything. Um, and then I, there's, I would love to interview this author. I, I, um, their book is called, um, the deep river Solomon. And I started reading it and I actually had to put it down because it's so beautiful, but it's also like so heart wrenching. And I was like, I got to, like, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe now mm-hmm. that things are dark, I can pick it up again. Um, but it is um, a beautiful book about um, it's uh, slaves who were thrown off of slave ships. They became mermaids. And mm-hmm. it's, got, it's, it's gorgeous. Um, so I would love to interview them about it. But that could be something you could read for right. your thing. But I love this idea that you're going to create, like, your own mythology with your own research um, of, like, I'm sure that you could put belly dance in there too. Um, but I, but I think what you're saying is everyone has an origin story about like, they like the little mermaid or they like swimming as a kid. And then you can get a Mersona and create an origin story for like that mythical body that you right, have. Right. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. a different, a different thing about where they came from that blends all of your background together. Um, and, and I, some of the things you're making, you're talking about with mer, like with mermaiding communities. I think what I, am drawn to and find interesting about them is that they are a found family. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in that you can have your own origin story. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. You just yeah. show up in your blank slate. And I think that's probably part of why Metro is such a big community because DC is full of transplants. Mm-hmm. I did happen to grow up in the DC suburbs, but like that's the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. And DC is also full of like nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend in like mermaiding is kind of a nerdy hobby. And you find, though, in D.C., like, whatever people are into, they're, like, very aggressively and intensely into it because people tend to be, it tends to be, like, a fairly well-off educated population that waits to have kids and then they get to, like, do whatever their fun thing is later in life. And so you wouldn't think, like, oh, I can just show up and there'll be, like, 45 adults in mermaid tales. Yeah. Um, But, yes, there are because I feel like there's something about, yeah, that need for the found family and then all the interesting, like, uh, socioeconomic things that make DC DC that make mermaiding just like kind of like very popular here. Yeah. And I think it's also the energy. I have not really mermaided outside of DC, but like I was just listening to someone talk about how like California has like more like more professional mermaids mm-hmm. and more like actresses and like there's more of a like oh you wear a fabric tail you're not a real mermaid like and I don't know that I haven't been to California the people the mermaids I know in California are all very lovely um but I can see that like if there's like more people competing for a couple jobs that like the energy changes whereas this the larger DC community is hobbyists Mm -hmm. and just enthusiasts and people who just like this and think it's fun and so it just becomes like a really supportive place and there are those of us who like want to branch out and like you know do have a professional mermaid side but like still show up at the same meetup it's funny I was at um a smaller meetup just a couple weeks ago and I didn't swim because I was tired that's why (laughs) I went but I was tired (laughs) I'm like why did I swim that day and I was talking to someone and she was like you know I was afraid to talk to you for a couple months because you're mermaid Shay Monique and I'm like or I'm just Shay you know yeah but you know and um uh, if you are aware of Merpool, uh, he's part of Metro Merfolk, you know, and sure, yeah, if you happen to just follow the Merpool account, you know, and you then meet him, you're like, whoa, it's Merpool, but also, he's just Dan, you know, like. Yeah, 
Um, that's so, uh, you were saying something about like how it is like adults in, in mermaid tales. And one of the things I feel, sometimes I feel sad. Like there's all these cool things for kids now that we're not like out when I was a kid and I would have loved them. But I also feel grateful that like now I'm an adult and no one can tell me how to spend my money so I can buy whatever mermaid tale I want. Um, so, but I, I am, I am interested in like adult because here's the thing, I I was at a, a seven year old birthday party and my friend was like, oh, you bring a mermaid tail? I was like, yeah, I'll swim in it. And like, and it was so cute because a couple little girls were like, can we hold hands and swim together? And I was like, yeah, Aww. we can, you know. And um and they were into it and they also were like, they don't care whether it's real or not. I was there like, how'd you get this tail? I was like, do you want the real story, or the imaginary story? And they're like, both. And I was like, okay, Aww, yeah, I love it. Um, but you know, and I my sister was like, oh, you should like, you know, you should do all these things with kids. And I was like, I'm gonna be real honest, like the tail is for me and like all of my mermaid content is for I mean I, I write mermaid erotica so that's definitely for adults but right, like right. but I am the most interested in what mermaids mean to grown-ups um same uh, yeah so it's just like I, I don't know I mean at some point I think I I'll, will make things for kids because I love kids and I love my my nieces and nephews but um I don't know what your thoughts are on like like we are grown-ups who are like committed to our fantasy life <laughs> you know? I think we need more of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, part of it for me is just, like, adults forget to dream and to have, like, all that stuff we push on kids, dream, have an imagination. Like, we, like, feed it to them for, like, a couple years, and then we're like, actually, be serious. You're <laughs> 10 years old. How are you going to get into college? What are you doing? What 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 extracurriculars are you going to do? Are you sure you want to do baseball? Because if you switch, you know, it's not going to look good on your college application. Where's your after-school job? It's like we, like tell them for a couple years and like so I'm just here like I feel like adults need it and particularly honestly like to be like a fat woman of color like I feel like I represent a lot of demographics who need to be reminded that it's okay to dream it's okay to like be quote-unquote frivolous it's okay to like have magic in your life adults need the magic but I'm definitely a mermaid for adults I'm gonna take a small break from that I've decided like yesterday that I will do mermaid videos for anybody who's like celebrating a birthday or has come down with the coronavirus Mm -hmm. during quarantine. Cause I think that's just like, there's a lot of people who are like struggling with that. And so for like that exception, I will do like mermaid videos for kids, but like I definitely coming from a burlesque background, I'm here for adults. Like there's mermaids, like most mermaids are for kids. That's fine. That's great. My stuff is adult content. It's funny and it's not, like, X-rated adult content, but, like, I will definitely do, like, sensual videos, just, like, touching myself and whatever. I was laughing with um, Abby and Bryn at Finfolk because we were talking about their sizing. And they have, like, I love their Mythic Tops. And I have one that's allegedly a triple DF. And it is a triple DF if you're a 32 triple D or F. I happen to be a 44 single D. And I wear it anyway because it's fine. It just becomes, but it, it's like, it definitely has a sexy burlesque vibe. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was laughing with them. It was like, it'd be cool if I could wear one of your tops to a kid's event. Not that that's like what I'm seeking out, but I can't. Like, I cannot wear a thin folk fabric thing to like a quote unquote family event. Yeah. Now, for my vibe, it's fine. But, like, all my friends are like, oh, my gosh, Shay, your tops, you're so brave. Yeah. If they came in a bigger t- size, I'd probably wear them. But yeah. I wear them in the biggest size they come in, and my nips are covered most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, usually it's okay. Yeah, no, it is It is a struggle when you're like, oh, I'm putting in my mermaid look, and then you're like, what's going to fit on the top? <laughs> like, yeah. 
And it's funny because I was supposed to literally go down there tomorrow, day after tomorrow. No, tomorrow. Um, and they were going to mold me and a couple of my friends to make bigger silicone tops oh, and then the world shut down oh so we're trying to figure out if we can like make plaster like molds and like it's, send them to them or like what we can do or if it's just going to wait until things open back up but um oh gosh, yeah. but yeah um for my vibe it's okay how they fit but yeah, yeah. <laughs> for other people like <laughs> yeah no no definitely like it's a thing which i mean leads us back to you know your 15 six x t-shirt of like right Things gotta fit. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Things gotta fit. Like your tail's gotta fit. Your shirt's gotta fit. It's gotta be available because, like, mermaiding. I th- I think you kind of touched on this, but mermaiding is is for everybody. You know. Yeah. You gotta learn how to swim, but yes. you can be a mermaid, or if you not, you can yeah. go dry yeah. land. Whatever. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. like dry mermaids. It's yeah. definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap things up, I would love to hear from you. Like what, what do you think, either what do you think, um, people need to know about mermaids that they don't, or what do mermaids mean to you? Ooh. Um, mermaids are real. That's what people need to know. (laughs) And to me, mermaids are, they really are magic and we are just I don't know we're just a space of like what's possible of what's possible I like to laugh that you know what is it like 80% of the earth is covered in water so like I feel like mermaiding is for people whose like personality is like bigger too big for like the 20% that's land like you need you need the space of the water you need all of that um I love that (laughs) and there's you can definitely find so much community and love and support in mermaiding um and if you you know feel like you didn't fit in at the cool kids cable come to society of fat mermaids we have a facebook group you can totally be a cool kid with us um yeah do you want to tell people the website society of fat mermaids.com awesome and they're on instagram and facebook at society of fat mermaids as well and I'm everywhere as Mermaid Shea Monique. I'm going to put C-H-E. all the links here in the show notes so people can find you and you'll be tagged on everything. So, um, awesome. Will. Um, well, thank you so much for this interview. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend or leave a review. Reviews are really important because they help other mermaid lovers find us. The easiest way to leave a review is right in the app that you are using to listen to this episode or leave a review on our Facebook page. If you'd like to stay in touch with us, the best thing to do is sign up for our email list. We only send you emails that you like about new episodes and you will get exclusive behind-the-scenes content that you won't see anywhere else. Join the email list by dropping your email address into the sign-up form, which you can find in any of the episode show notes at mermaidpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Mermaid Podcast, and we always love to see you on social media. Again, we'll have links to all of the mermaid news mentioned in this episode on our website, mermaidpodcast.com. Our jingle was recorded by Tori Scott, the world-famous cabaret singer. You can find Tori at itstoriescott.com, and the Mermaid Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts that you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Thank you for listening and remember, don't quit your daydream.
It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on the Mermaid Podcast. <laughs>